this Advent, we're preparing for the coming of Jesus by looking at the different narratives and characters uh, that pave the way for the inbreaking of love incarnate. We recognize that the stories, the scriptures, the traditions of Christmas have been passed down to us throughout the generations. And the amazing thing is each and every year, the Christmas story has this way of, of weaving us in once more, meeting us where we are, transforming us and helping us to remember how God's shown up faithfully in the past and how we behold God now. Last week, we began by looking at the long list of names that begins Matthew's gospel. It's a genealogy of Jesus full of complex and messy people with their own stories that are all woven together leading to Jesus. We said that if Jesus' own family tree is full of stories of promise and pain, hurt and hope, trauma and transformation, then from generation to generation, there's room for our stories too, for every story. Your story matters. And because it does, you and I have a chance to advance God's story of salvation. Today, we look at how Mary advanced God's story of salvation through a faithful yes, in spite of great apprehension and uncertainty. From generation to generation, God meets us in our fear. And from generation to generation, faithful people have said yes to God's invitation, despite apprehension, providing space for God to do something new. Let's pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, that would grow us, transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from the gospel of, of Luke, um, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. I invite you to listen for God's word. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's throne. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one. The Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this happen since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come over you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me, just as you have said. Then the angel left her. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Do not be afraid. That's what the angel Gabriel says to Mary. Here's this young Hebrew girl who is engaged, soon to be married from the middle of nowhere, going about her ordinary, unremarkable life when all of a sudden her world is upended. The last thing she expects is a visit from the divine. 
Rejoice, favored one. The Lord is with you. But this is not a warm, cuddly encounter. Mary is confused. She's perplexed, no doubt afraid. Do not be afraid. Easier said than done when confronted with a celestial being. Do not be afraid. Easier said than done when you're an unwed teenage girl in a patriarchal society and you're told you're going to have a baby out of wedlock. Do not be afraid. Easier said than done when it's not just any baby, but God's own son, the savior of the world. Do not be afraid. It seems terribly unrealistic, doesn't it? I know I've been afraid in far less dramatic circumstances. And yet we see that refrain throughout scripture over and over again. Do not be afraid. Fear not. It's what Moses tells the Israelites. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. It's what David prays. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for you are with me. It's what God tells the exiled Israelites through the prophet Isaiah. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And the waves will not overcome you. Do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. It's what Jesus tells the disciples when they see him walking on the waves toward them. Fear not, it is I. It's what Jesus tells his disciples in his last days. My peace I leave with you. Do not let your hearts be afraid. It's also what God or an angel says almost every time one appears to a biblical character and invites them to a particular calling or task. Do not be afraid, the angels tell unsuspecting shepherds in the field. Do not be afraid, God tells Zechariah before telling him his wife Elizabeth is expecting a child even in her old age. We see that refrain throughout the story of Scripture because we see fear throughout the story of our lives and our world. Fear is a part of our human story, like a shadow that's always close by, a shadow of the things that matter most. In 2020, Christianity Today did a study of the most searched words in Scripture passages on online Bible apps. During the height of the pandemic, amidst all the uncertainty of 2020, the most searched read bookmarked verse on the popular YouVersion Bible app was Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do not be afraid. That refrain was more than just words for Mary. And in every other place it's written in Scripture, it was intimately tied to God's presence in the midst of the fear. From generation to generation, God shows up and meets people precisely in their fear, apprehension, and confusion. Fear not is coupled with, for I am with you. It's not about God magically wiping the fear away like an eraser on a chalkboard. It's about God being faithfully present in the middle of the fear and the unknown so that all and courage and trust begin to be drawn to the surface of our hearts and lives. I can remember distinctively each of our boys going through different phases related to fear or apprehension. With one, it was big time separation anxiety, hashtag COVID baby, right? With another, it was a fear of recognition or, or attention. With another, it was a fear connected to going to sleep at night in the dark and some kind of recurring nightmare. Certain books couldn't be on the floor with the cover exposed. Clothing couldn't be draped on the chair. It was a challenging season. Ordinary things in the room some suddenly took on a life of their own and looked scary. Mom and daddy's reassurance of safety could be quickly forgotten. 
eventually what we began to do is to do the ritual, checking under the bed, check the closet, turn the hall light on, leave the door open, and then say, I'll sit here in the room for a while. I'll stay. There was no way around the apprehension, only through it. That's what God does for us. Because there is, there is no way around it, only through it. God shows up in the middle of our fears, in the midst of our fears, and says, I'll stay. I'll be here with you. I'll sit as long as I need to in the shadows. As I was reading this passage about Mary, it occurred to me that God shows up in the midst of Mary's fear and uncertainty in a very particular way. After all, something changed in her from the fear and confusion of the initial greeting to her courageous and faithful, yes, God, let it be with me according to your word. So what happened? How did God meet her? And I realized for the first time that God met her through her cousin, Elizabeth. You see, we the reader know that Elizabeth is pregnant, even in her old age with baby John. We read it earlier in Luke, and once again, right before the angel appears to Mary, we're told it again. But Mary does not know until the angel tells her. In the midst of Mary's fear, apprehension, confusion, you know, how can this be, God? God meets her when the angel tells her, look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months present pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Elizabeth's impossible pregnancy was God's reassurance of God's presence in the midst of uncertainty for Mary. This was God's way of saying, I'll sit with you. You can trust me. And all of a sudden, a little bit of awe is drawn out of her, a sense of awe of the power and the promise of God that slowly began to outweigh her fear of rejection, of the unknown, of the perception people would have. God did this for my cousin. You know, Maybe God can do this with me. And a little bit of, of faith and trust bubbles up too. Maybe this unknown doesn't have to be a terror, but a mystery where I can trust God to be present. God meets Mary in her fear in the news about Elizabeth. From generation to generation, God meets us in our fear. Just like God showed up for Mary, God says, I will stay. And in the faithful presence of God, we start to become more overcome with God's, with all of God's power and holiness and might and love and overcome with fear of anything else. God says, I can stay. And in the faithful presence of God, slowly but surely, courage begins to, to rise to the surface despite our fear, not in its absence. God says, I can stay. And in the faithful presence of God, trust and faith begin to surface despite our apprehension and, and uncertainty, not in their absence. And somehow with that drawn out all and courage and trust, we find a way to say yes to God, despite the apprehension and the fear and uncertainty. Abraham, Moses, Samuel, Isaiah, generation to generation, and now Mary, let it be. I'm your servant. What an absolutely incredible response from her. We think the angel's announcement is big. Mary's response is equally remarkable. Just look at what God brings to birth in the world through Mary's yes in the face of fear and uncertainty. Love, joy, hope, peace incarnate in Jesus Christ. It's always amazing 
what kind of God possibilities open up in our lives and world, what kind of transformation takes place in our lives and in our world when we say yes to God despite our fears. Look at who Mary already becomes just a chapter later as she belts out this song of praise and and justice. Look at the kingdom that Jesus ushers in because Mary said, yes, God's design from the start all the way back to the garden was to partner with human beings to bring about God's good and beautiful purposes in the earth God created. From generation to generation, God has continued to be faithful to that way of operating. God has chosen to depend on human beings' faithful yeses, even in the face of fear and uncertainty. I think about William Wilberforce in England helping to abolish the slave trade. I think about Dietrich Bonhoeffer's witness in Nazi Germany. I think about Rosa Parks in the civil rights movement or Desmond Tutu in South Africa. I think of Father Oscar Romero in Central America. I think about female pastors called into ministry fighting to be ordained and recognized. I think of Brian Stevenson and the Equal Justice Initiative. I think of missionaries serving in countries not friendly to the church. I think of the couple willing to foster an at-risk teen. I think of the initial team of people that helped to birth this church campus. I think of people once hurt by the church stepping back in to try it again. Every day, there are ordinary people giving remarkable yeses to God in the face of fear, allowing God to generate goodness and justice and peace and love in this world. I'm sure you've witnessed some. What might God be ready to birth in you or me, in our church or in our community if we said yes to God in spite of fear, in spite of confusion, in spite of uncertainty? Do not be afraid. We've heard it before. Every day we're faced with fear, uncertainty, pain, apprehension, and God meets us there. Not to magically snatch it away, but to help us move through it toward hope and faithfulness and courage and a powerful yes to God's invitation. Are you afraid of failure? Are you afraid of the future? Are you afraid because of a hard medical diagnosis? Are you afraid of losing something or someone? Are you afraid of rejection? Are you afraid for your kids or grandkids? Are you afraid because God's called you to do something? Are you afraid of the unknown? Are you afraid that a bad situation will never change? Are you afraid that you're losing your family or relationship? Are you afraid that you won't have enough? God will show up there, just like God showed up for Mary. God will meet you there just as God has throughout the generations. God won't wipe the fear away. God will say, I can stay with you. And God will sit with us until holy awe and wonder is drawn out of us, until courage comes to the surface. And somehow, someway, in spite of the fear, we find the trust to say yes to God. And when we do, just like from generation to generation past, God brings to birth something incredible in our midst. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.